welcome to Bladespot. It's Monday the 26th of October. My name is Ben and on the line is Andrew. How are you, mate? I'm not bad. I'm better than I thought I would be. I'll tell you that this Monday. That's what I like to hear. Um, so, I mean, last week we... I think we, we sort of went out of our way to start with some positive notes before moving on to uh, the negative side of things. And I, mm. I, I think I'm going to flip that on its head this week. Let's let's get the negatives out of the way first, because I think uh, I feel pretty upbeat about uh, mm. about the, the the whole 90 minutes against Liverpool, I suppose. So let's yeah. let's get the, the negatives out of the way first, because I think they will serve as a, a, a caveat for everything that will come after this, I suppose. And... I guess that is that it's our um, you know our fifth defeat in six games played six we have one point uh, another game in which we did not score uh, a goal that wasn't a penalty we yeah got my mm. got my negatives in the right place there um, so obviously that's that's not good and if you're you know if your approach to uh, I guess measuring how this season is going is to just purely look at the current results and and not the sort of process of uh, you know how how things might go for the rest of the season, and I think you can justifiably be like, well, you know, there's another game we haven't won, and we've still got zero points from you know from uh, to build on that draw with Fulham. But yeah, those things aside, um, I felt pretty good about that game to be honest against Liverpool. Yeah. Are you the same? It's the best. We, I think it's the best we've played all season, definitely, considering the opposition. Yeah. Um, the negatives for me are once again we didn't score from open play. Obviously, it took another penalty. Despite the fact we got into good positions, we'd never. There were only that one shot that tested Allison from Osborne, weren't they? Really, hmm. uh, in the entire game. So that, that's obviously a worry. And obviously, the fact that that, that we lost as well is, is another negative. But yeah, it's so much better, so much more like us, weren't it? Yes, I thought on Saturday. I enjoyed watching the game, which yeah. I, ha- I haven't been able to say for I would say almost every game this season, to be honest. Like. Certainly for the the ninety minutes, I think you can, I think you can probably justifiably say that we faded a little bit in the second half as we've done in uh, you know in lots of. We still had a really couple of good. I mean that bird chance right at the end as well. You, you were still in it, weren't we? Yeah, we were still getting forward and still creating things. I just maybe not with quite as much regularity as we did in the first mm-hmm. half. But yeah, I agree with what you said. I think it is the best we've played this season. I mean the the big thing for me is to compare it to the Liverpool game last season at Anfield or, yeah. or even. You know, if you want to do a um, a behind closed doors comparison, the Arsenal game for a few weeks ago, yeah, a- absolute chalk and cheese performance between those two. I mean, I remember that Liverpool game. I mean, all right, they were the the champions by miles in the end, and mm. we only lost two 0 the Anfield one. But I do remember feeling like a bit embarrassed about how it could have been four or five. That- like on it, yeah. It was more just the manner in which we were outclassed, to be honest. We looked like a full division at least below Liverpool in that game, yeah. I thought. And and that Arsenal game was, you know, slightly embarrassing for different reasons. I think you even said it, you know, it was kind of a Warnock performance where It was, yeah. Well this to be honest, I expected the best case scenario for this game against Liverpool would be a Villa away this season performance when Egan got sent off. You know, everyone behind the ball, mm. backs against the wall, defending well, maybe a couple of chances on the break, but you know, just trying to keep it tight. And it wasn't like that at all. It was pretty end to end actually, weren't it? Yeah, and you know, unlike those two games, we actually carried a threat all the way yeah. through the night minutes. You know, we said that after Arsenal, didn't we? If like if we're, if we're just never going to pose a threat in these games, we're basically just just sort of jogging around waiting for them to eventually open us up and score and yeah. you know, and then we lose one or two nil. It's strange because it's the same scoreline against Arsenal, but at the same time, <laughs> when we went 2-1 down against Liverpool, I, I genuinely didn't think, well, that's game over. 
Whereas I did against Arsenal, we went one 0 down because of the way we were playing. I did think there was still a chance for us to get back. I don't like it, like, you know, two one down away at Liverpool. Mm. You know, you sort of run out of steam as you said a little bit. But I did think, yeah, but you know, this is not over yet. Whereas against Arsenal, we went one 0 down, and I thought, yeah, that's done, finished. Yeah, really, uh, really encouraging signs. I thought. I mean, you know, we've obviously got two very hard games following on the back of this, and yeah, we if we're not if we're not able to like threaten teams, then. We're just basically waiting to lose. So I was really encouraged by that, and it, it, you know, it was it was kind of threats from different areas as well. When it will get mm-hmm. on to you know the actual, um, I guess the actual key moments of the games. But you mentioned Osborne there. You know, McBurney had a good chance. McGoldrick comes on and goes close. Burt gets an opportunity. I'd say we were probably we were probably more creative down the right than the left. I think overall, but yeah, yeah, could have had a couple of penalties as well. I know we got one, which is controversial, but you know, we got into decent areas to get another couple as well, didn't we? Yeah, indeed. So that you know, it it wasn't just a um, you know we're just relying on one player to pose any kind of threat here. It was a it was a real team effort, um, and yeah, I think uh, a, a lot a lot of positives to draw out of it. I mean, we went good to Anfield and have um, have thirteen shots, nine inside the box. That's mm. that's a big deal for us, United. Like you know, I we... think we can take a lot out of it. I think you go into that dressing room after the Fulham game, and 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 even the fans are thinking. Wow, where, where is this going to go? You know, you can't really take. Other than that first half, you can't really take too much out of that. I think you're going into that dressing room as players thinking, you know, we can build on that. We've gone to Anfield. We've gone to. I reckon they're probably going to win it again. Liverpool, probably the best team in the league, and we've matched them. Yeah, because um, I didn't. Um, I don't think I'd listened to this before we recorded last week, but. Um, Wilder talked about uh, like anxiety in our play, didn't he? Yeah. Against Fulham and. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we showed any of that in this game. You know, everything was was very sort of crisp and confident. You know, the way that we we moved the ball, you got some nice like you know players taking like confident touches to try and dribble it away, or you know little first time passes around the corner, running at defenders, uh, that kind of thing. I, I just thought it was it was just so different to what we've seen mm. most of the, most of the season so far. I mean, you, I think you kind of you know you take the rough with the smooth with some of that. You know, there's some. Some giveaways, I guess, you know, some turnovers of possession, but I just thought overall it was a, a good effort from the team and pretty I, much I think everybody we looked, played well. I think against Arsenal, we, like I said, looked, we're a Warnock sort of performance. We looked a bit like a championship team going away to a good Premier League side and sort of trying to damage limitation and not embarrass ourselves. I thought we looked a mid-table Premier League team, to be honest, against Liverpool. Yeah, which uh, hopefully we will become in the, uh, in the coming weeks and months. I mean... I think uh, I think we should be said. You know, Liverpool obviously uh, missing Virgil Van Dijk. I'm not sure if you're aware, mm. but he uh, got injured. Today. <laughs> no. Sadly, no longer with us. <laughs> In all seriousness, that is a that is a very serious injury, and uh, you know, hopefully, he will make a full and swift recovery. Uh, Probably easily the best defender I've ever seen with my own eyes. Van Dijk. Yeah, Just... I, it's not the it's not the same Liverpool as last year. I, I, I don't take too much. Yeah, teed into that uh, Villa performance. Where, yeah, I think that was just a freak game. Mm. You know, seven two. I think you've seen with Villa getting hammered at home to Leeds and, and Liverpool, pl- you know, dominated really against Everton in that away game. There, that were a bit of a freak result. It's still, an, it's not the same Liverpool team as last year, but it's a lot better. Uh, you know, than the, than the opposition we've come up against so far. I think. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, easily. In fact, yeah, absolutely, a complete next level up and. You know, yeah. even even without Van Dyke, you know, it was still a really strong team. And I would say 
they were definitely trying to beat us, you know. It wasn't like they played badly or anything. I mean, I honestly, this sort of crossed my mind watching the uh, when I saw the team actually for Liverpool. I was like, I think one of the worst things that we did last season was play so well against them at Bramall Lane because <laughs> I, I think Klopp has just been like, this is the one team I have to beat now. You know, he's just yeah. shown us massive respect since you know coming up with that. Uh, they're playing in a completely different fashion in the, yeah. uh, the Anfield game. Yeah, football, weren't it? Yeah, yeah I, I think they set a Premier League record for the number of passes or something that game. They were just like, you're just never getting near the ball, mate. And I watched um, I watched Liverpool away at Ajax midweek and my heart just sank when he made a triple substitution <laughs> after about 58 minutes and he just took yeah. off uh, took off Salamane and Firmino. I was like, oh, My on. heart sank as soon as the team news came out and I saw they had basically four up front yeah. and they were back in goal and I... No, I don't want... It was almost like sort of... I didn't switch the stream on until like 30 seconds before kickoff. I almost... That's how sort of... I, I almost wanted to forget about it, just get it out of the way. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad I watched it because it's... Yeah, like I say, it's, you can never be too happy in a defeat, but lots of enjoyable things and lots of things to build on. Absolutely. Yeah, that uh, they, they did obviously play four strikers uh, against us, although, you know, people like Mane and... Uh, and Salah do sort of drop into kind of wide midfield, don't they? But apparently this is this is like um, uh, Klopp's go-to when he's playing a team that have three at the back, where okay. the the front four, if you like, kind of pin back the uh, defensive five of the opposition, mm-hmm. and it just leaves loads of space for um, Robertson and Alexander Arnold to operate in. So yeah, it's another case of uh, you know him him going kind of horses for courses against us. Um, I can't honestly say it worked really because. I thought we just had lots of joy in uh, in attack, and we didn't exactly get pulled apart in. Uh, well, from in the defense. first four or five minutes, where I was really impressed. <laughs> I was just about to get that. I did think we could have been three 0 down after about five minutes, <laughs> yeah. as well as we played. I think that was definitely in play. Um, yeah. yeah, talking about our team, uh, I, I really liked this lineup, mm. um, and and kind of thought that's. That's about our only pathway to success, if you like, of you know players mm. with, if not pace, then energy coming from deep. Like that midfield is, that's a lot of driving energy, isn't it? Kind yeah. of uh, yeah, yeah. Ampadu, Lundstrom, and uh, and Berger. They are players who like to get forward. I would say Osborne. Yeah. Um, I think it was. I think the team actually said that Ampadu was going to play left centre back, but um, he did. Yeah. Even Sheffield United's official Twitter account. I look back at that mm. after because. Uh, he were only about like two, or th- I don't know, about three, four minutes in because Liverpool were all over us for that first bit. I, I sort of realised where Ampadu were playing, to be honest. Yeah, he was obviously uh, in like the base of midfield, the Norwood's yeah. position, if you like. Stevens was at left centre back, and Osborne was playing left wing back. So, yeah, I guess that's uh, well. I guess I didn't hear it, hear any news about it, but confirmation that Lowe's concussion kind of put him out for. I think it is a seven day period. Was he not on the bench? Uh, he might have been, and I didn't notice it. I That's can't remember to be honest. It's off my head, but I'll bring it up while we're talking. I don't remember him being there. Um, but yeah, I, I I liked that. Um, I liked that setup. It was nice to see Ampadu playing in that role as well. Um, yeah, I thought he was probably the man of the match actually. Oh, certainly a contender. Certainly a contender. Yeah, no, Lowe wasn't on the bench by the way. So um, right, yeah. So yeah, that's fair news. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say? So yeah. Well, yeah. Let's let's get into the the game itself. Then. So I mean, yeah. I did think we could have been three 0 down after about five minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Ramsdale made a really poor decision to uh, come out for yeah. that through ball with Mane. 
And um, yeah, I, I just thought this was uh, Firmino was just going to knock it in, basically on the goal line. But there's John Egan making his uh, first decisive contribution of the mm. game. Um, another play we will absolutely talk about later on, I think, because I thought yep. he was tremendous. Um, Alexander Arnold forced a save from the halfway line. Is brilliant! <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Just out of now, I sort of looked away for a split second. I'm, Whoa, what's happening? <laughs> I think the feet. Um, I think the 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 footage did the same. You know, I don't think it showed yeah. him take the free kick. It was just suddenly like, whoa, what's going on here? And yeah, I guess it was uh, it was good football all around. Really, a good effort, good awareness from Ramsdale, and he. Uh, did what he needed to do to keep it out of the what, net. Did, uh, really, I think I messaged you about it, that ridiculous Lundstrom lunge in the <laughs> first minute. I'm like, what are you doing? Just the first like... minute of the game, and he just like flew in, like, a bit like he did against Bulls, but actually got the man this time at least. <laughs> just just uh, letting him know that he was there. Actually, yeah. good. I'll use that just to mention something that um, I did absolutely love, um, which didn't really affect the outcome of the game, but Baldock kind of sticking his shoulder into Wijnaldum on the touchline. You know, it's mm. the... The ball was basically going out mm. and he just went shoulder to shoulder with him and shoved him into Klopp essentially, didn't he? And I just Klopp weren't happy with that, were I? <laughs> but I thought it was great because you know, it was a completely unnecessary bit of contact contact. It wasn't it wasn't ever putting Wijnaldum at like injury risk or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It was just letting him know that we're we're here to compete. Like the last time we came here, we didn't lay a glove on you. And yeah. uh, this time you know, you're not going to have it all your own way. You're going to have to work hard to beat us, and we're, you know, we are going to snap into tackles and make it make life more difficult for you. So that was good. I really uh, enjoyed that. After the match, he said that is more like the angry uh, George Baldock <laughs> that we know uh, and, and that we uh, we expect from him. And I think that was definitely. I thought it was fantastic. Other than the, we'll get onto it, but the second goal maybe could have done a little bit better. But overall, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, furious George returns. Furious George is back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about the penalty that was uh, awarded to the Blades and, and then converted by Sander Berger the first time this season we've been ahead in the league, which is, I mean, I, I guess that's not surprising when that's only our third goal, but mm. it, it kind of I kind of hadn't grasped that up to this point. And, you yeah. know, life's a lot easier when you get the first goal. I know that we, yeah. uh, you know, it still ended up losing this match, but... It certainly gives you control of the game much more uh, readily. Um, yeah, and another day we get, I mean, we'll come on to it, we, we get another couple of goals, don't we? Because you, you sort of, I think we definitely look more relaxed after that goal. Not necessarily, oh yeah, we're going to win this game, but it was just like, hang on. I think I think the players must have been a little bit worried after the run we've had that this could be an hammering. I think yeah. there must be something at the back of the mind thinking, oh, if we go a couple of goals behind early doors here, then this is going to be really, really tough and your heads go down and stuff. But... Yeah, to get that early goal, I think, really set the tone of our performance uh, for the rest of the game, really. Definitely. Uh, what did you make of this penalty decision? I didn't think we were going to give it. I, I, I wouldn't have been happy if it had gone against us, to be honest. What about you? So why why wouldn't you have been happy? Because I don't know the rules. <laughs> I, I didn't know that it were on the line. I don't think it's a foul, to be honest. I think to overturn it... I think if you're giving it at the time, possibly. I think to, to overturn it via VAR, I don't think I'd have been happy with that. Mm. Well, I think... I don't, I don't know. I thought it was a foul. You've got a different view for this. I just thought... I mean, I were almost laughing, to be honest. I have to admit, because I thought, this doesn't happen to us. It's mm. such a sort of shady, con- controversial penalty at Anfield 
against Liverpool, <laughs> and it's gone in our favour. So I was like, yeah, I'll take it, but I'm not sure if that was a pen. I wouldn't have been happy. I'd have been screaming at my laptop if I'd been a Liverpool fan. Interesting. Um, I thought it was pretty much the right decision, to be honest. It's a, it's a strange one, but... Um, yeah. For... I, again, like I said, I did not. I did not know the rules until after that. Um, I thought if it was on the line, I, di- I didn't realize that counted as a pen. To be honest, yeah, the the line is part of the box. So Fabinho, <laughs> I think it's Fabinho who actually messes it up, isn't he? Sort of like, yeah. uh, uh, I think he hits his clearance straight at Lundstrom. Comes to McBurney, controls it on the edge of the box. Fabinho goes through him. He does get some of the ball, but he also gets some of the man. The part of the man that he gets is uh, McBurney's ankle, which is on the line. Uh, Mike Dean gives a foul. He gives a free kick, and VAR check whether it was uh, inside or outside. And yeah. yeah, as you say, contact was on the line, so changed the decision to a penalty. It's um, yeah, I, I think it's. I, I guess it's kind of one of those decisions that two years ago you wouldn't get, I suppose. But I think yeah, you know that kind of challenge in midfield is a free kick every single time. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I doubt it's, it's, would... it's funny that we've gone from one penalty all last season. We've had three already this year. Yeah, I know, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I guess that's just. I think it's probably more reflective of more penalties being given than as yeah, being more yeah. attacking, I guess. Or, yeah, maybe last season was a bit of a fluke in only getting one penalty. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't think it was particularly controversial. It's a, I guess it's like a soft penalty, but, you know, it's yeah, it didn't strike me as like, well, that's not a foul. And then as soon as you see that it's on the line, like, well, you've got to change that decision, give a penalty. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, Berger sticks it away. Three penalties, three different takers so far. Who's your... Just about to say this, when he, I was like, get in, come on, penalty. Oh, no. <laughs> did you uh, did you see the close-up on Lundstrom? I didn't, actually, no. I thought I made in my hands almost. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was before it was taken, and uh, I think he actually just happened to wander across the camera, if you like, oh, and no. I suddenly thought, wow, is he going to take it? That's that's ballsy. I like it. I was like, can, can, we, can we get sharp on this early? <laughs> <laughs> What's your confidence uh, confidence levels out of our penalty takers so far? Um, how are you ranking them in terms of who you want to take the next one? If he's on the pitch, Norwood takes them all for me. I think he's a fantastic... I knew he missed one against all, but it was sort of a, a slip and a miss kick. Mm. Every penalty I've seen Norwood take has been fantastic. I think he's definitely our best penalty taker. What about... Then I'd go for... I'd probably go for Billy Sharp because although I'm not a huge fan of his penalties, he has scored the last four or five I think he's taken, hasn't he? Mm, he scored sure. one against Burnley. Scored one against um, Fulham. Scored a couple last uh, the season we went up. Norwich. Uh, he scored obviously when he did the Mister Soccer thing. Oh, so yeah. he's, he's uh, actually been in form with his penalty. He scored in pre-season as well with the penalty, didn't he? Oh, that's true. Yeah. So he's, he's not. As well. Yeah, he's he's been doing. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's been doing pretty well on the penalty front. So I'll probably go sharp second, and then it has to be Mister Sanderberger next, doesn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's, uh... Although Osborne were on the pitch, and I was like, oh, I wonder if he could smash it in. <laughs> that would have been that would have been good. But, uh, yeah, Berger does stick it away. Then there's this there's this handball against Robinson where uh, Egan swings a mega ball to uh, Baldock, who, uh, and, and he tried this trick later, and it worked, but he, he went for the sort of, you know, the first touch back inside, and it yeah. hits Robertson on the hand in a running motion. It's, it's clear uh, contact with the hand. And I immediately was thinking, I'm sure I've seen penalties given for that this yeah, season. Yeah, where yeah. I, I think it happened to Manu against Crystal Palace um, in that game they lost. Where it it's did. like the guy's just running in a, you know, it's a perfectly nat- normal running motion. Obviously, you don't run with your hands by your side unless you're really strange. 
and it just hits him on the hand. So I'm thinking, like, surely VAR are going to take a look at that, and I think it probably is a penalty. But then, yeah, I see, I see this morning or this afternoon um, the ESPN journalist Dale Johnson, who every Monday does his uh, VAR thread, and apparently this is one that would have been given probably in the first couple of weeks of the season, but is now not going to be given because they've yeah, like cheers, ad- lads. Yeah, they've adjusted how they are um, officiating these particular... It was another one where I thought I probably don't know the rules because that was a clear penalty for me based on what I'd seen already this season. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I was just like, I was just sort of waiting for it to be uh, talked about more and reviewed and stuff. But yeah, apparently that will no longer be a penalty, which to be honest is a, a, is a grander... Scheme of things, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. I yeah, I completely much. agree. I don't mean to do it. So I, I think I, my, mate, my mate messaged me because I, I swear that since I've been watching football, there's been like three deliberate handballs ever. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean, I think it's really harsh for it to. I mean, it's unlucky for us because, like, say a couple of weeks ago, that's that's a penalty. But it's unlucky. And it, it's not fair on Robertson to give a penalty for that. To be fair. Yeah. Um, well, actually, Bulldog did that move again, and it, it led to mm. another penalty shout where, uh, yeah. yeah, Berger goes down over a stray leg, which is another definitely into him given territory again. You know, I think Shotter yeah. and it just flicks out a leg, and uh, Berger goes down over it. I think that's a pen. I think if Mike Dean gives a pen for that, they don't overturn it. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know we sound like we're clutching at straws a little bit here, but it's. If anything, this kind of indicates just how uh, dangerous we were in the game, I think. You yeah, know, yeah. It's it's almost unusual for us so far this season, anyway, to get so many different bodies into the box. And, uh, yeah, that's that usually leads to good things. That In that case, it did not. But mm. on another day, could easily have done. Um, McBurney had his kind of one chance of the game. Uh, I can't remember who it is that puts in this ball. Uh, Ampadu, I think, is it? It's a... It's a great sort of... Yeah, yeah, it is Ampadu. Fantastic passing, yeah. Really was. Um, but McBurney, uh, first touch isn't great, and then he's, he puts it wide on his on his left foot. Another head-in-hand moment for me, that. I was just, no, of all the men as well, like I really wanted him to score because all the stick he's been getting and stuff. And he was fantastic, weren't he, overall? Yeah, I, I certainly think so. And there's another one we'll talk about as well. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's been classed as a, a big chance by Opta. I think as soon as he's... As soon as his first touch gets away from him slightly, it becomes a much harder chance. And certainly, once he'd had that first touch, I no longer expected him to score. But yeah, 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 yeah. I was really, uh, really willing him on. And uh, yeah, you can tell he's low. He's he's not happy to be clean through at the moment. If you know what I mean, he's not. That first touch, it's, it's anxiety again, and it's panicking. Every striker yeah. does it. And to be honest, the only person, you know, when uh, Didzio missed loads of chances last season, mm. I, I always felt that he never panicked. Still, I don't think his his misses were due to like a panic stations. They were either ridiculous good goalkeeper or just gen- genuinely like poor finishing. I think yeah. with McBurney, there's a definite anxiety to his. He's he's sort of jumping too too quick for headers, as we saw against um, Fulham, or with that, you know, he's taking too heavy a touch. It's just it's mental. I think. Yeah, give the man a cutback, please. Somebody yeah. just, you know, like uh, against just Spurs. Just knee and go in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that, just, you know, just give him a chance where it's, it's on the ground. All he has to do is, like, just basically stick his foot through the ball and smash yeah. it in goal um, rather than one of these. But, yeah, we'll, uh, hopefully that'll be coming, I guess. Um, Osborne had a, a great volley getting forward yeah. from left wing back. Um, I mean, it wasn't the hardest save in the end, but... Good job all around, you know. Good cross from Baldock, and he comes steaming in. And uh, I think yeah. you know, I've seen, I heard some people on uh, on forums and stuff saying, "I oh, should have got a better connection to it in terms of power." 
But I think he did the right thing by trying to place it because how many times you see those chances go miles over the bar? Do you, know, you just try Every and block it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. So, yeah. So I think he did the right thing in just trying to guide it back, you know, um, across the. Across, but, you know, it's just one of those things that gets good connection on it. Really good move again, two wing backs combining. Yeah. Really, really nice to see. Um, Egan had another intervention where. Uh, I think Salah was about to stab yeah. it into the net and he just flipped it over the bar for a corner yeah. instead. Yeah. Really good. Um, but they did equalise just before half-time, 40th minute, which is, yeah, I thought we were just going to get to half-time and then maybe start thinking about that stat where we uh, we never lose when we're uh, ahead at half-time. You know, the one that went out the window in the last game of last season. Yeah. It's time yeah. to start that one again. But sadly not to be. Um, didn't really cover ourselves in glory here, I don't think. Henderson... There's no pressure on Henderson who puts the cross no. in. Good ball from uh, Henderson. I it's a know. very good cross, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a, a Norwood cross, isn't it? The uh, first time whipping it in. Yeah. No one's near Marnie. I don't know what's happened here. I he think gets, Basham loses him, I think. He gets between Basham and Baldock, yeah. And, uh, yeah, certainly one of them should have been picking him up. He had a goal from close range. Ramsdale keeps it out, but uh, just bounces to Firmino for the tap-in. What do you? I don't really think there's much blame on Ramsdale for that. To be no, honest, no, I, I don't get it. I heard a couple of people, some people who, who, whose opinion I respect as well, saying that I should have pushed it to the side and and would have pushed it to the side. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't. I think it's just it's, it's, it's point blank range. It's an edit. It's just a reaction. The, all but Ramsdale's thinking rightly so is I need to keep this out of the net. He's not thinking yeah. anything like right tip this. You know, I, I just think it's I think it's a good save to be honest, and it just happens to bounce straight back to their man. Yeah, I think it would have been lovely to uh, push it past the post, but I agree at that range, it's just just keep it out and you yeah. know, give your defenders a chance to be first to it. I think, um, yeah, it's I just didn't really think it was a an error or anything like that. To be honest, it did well to sort of be in the way of the header at all. Um, and then Ramsdale yeah. actually saved a, and then uh, they scored straight again, didn't they? Straight away. So was this offside or what? I think it was, but there's just this weird offside thing where they're not blowing now until like you know the the wheeling away in celebration for some reason. <laughs> yeah, so Salah runs in on goal and uh, Ramsdale ends up making a save from it. But yeah, I don't know if the the flag didn't go up because he saved it. So we'll give him mm. credit for the save for that one. Um, into the second half, uh, Baldock had that deflected volley. Oh, I were up. I would jump him. <laughs> it was the the thing I probably like most about this was that. Lovely header from Sanderberger. Just, yeah. I mean, not only intelligence but execution. It's like a a deep cross to the far post, and I think nine times out of ten, a guy will just head it back across goal if you like, you know, sort of yeah. put it back into the mix. And he just goes, "No, I'm just going to place this header right into the D where my wing back is steaming in." And yeah, yeah. Bulldog, Bulldog smashes it, unfortunately, straight into a. A defender's leg. Yeah. And it just, is that going just in? I don't know. You know what I mean? It, and it was so close. I, I were up. I thought, I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we brought on uh, Burke for Brewster shortly after this. 12 I think minutes. Brewster had a disappointing game overall. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I'm not writing him off or anything. It's, he must have been really, he said himself, Wilder, after the game, that it's really difficult going back to a club that he's been at all his career. Mm. for his debut um it, it were always going to be go one way or the other you know you're either going to get the goal it's going to be like a, a royal the rover sort of thing yeah or or it's just going to be a bit overwhelming for him and i, I don't think it were overwhelming or anything like that i think he's obviously not in the swing of things in terms of fitness i don't think he's in the swing of things with how, how we play but mm. i've seen a couple of people already saying 
or we don't want the, the the part that we need. And you're like, oh, honestly, just be quiet now, because really frustrates me because he's had he's not even played ninety minutes combined, has he? <laughs> he's played about what seventy minutes, if that. Seventy minutes, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, I don't think he was like fantastic or anything like that. And he, and he gave it away a couple of times, but give him a chance. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Oh yeah, I would just say you know it's it's probably not going to score in his first four or five games. Like yeah. you know, it's it's feasible that United don't score in the next two games. So yeah, just uh, tap the brakes on that one. I, I don't really have anything to say about Brewster to be honest. I just no. you know it just wasn't involved very much at all. Um, there was a couple of times you could definitely see he's just not familiar with how we play yet because he was yeah like... really evident i thought more more so than like other plays that we brought in before i think it was really evident it's just in certain runs and stuff where he's dropping off rather than going and you know what i mean little things mm. like that and you're thinking yeah. no that's not how he plays <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah but... just like taking a couple of touches and like almost waiting for being surprised to see like you know your left center back suddenly <laughs> further yeah. down the line that kind of thing yeah um <clears throat> Yeah, so Burke, I mentioned he comes on. Um, and, nearly uh, scored straight away. <laughs> nearly scored straight away from a, a, a lovely bit of play all round where Osborne makes a sensational recovery tackle, which I'm I'm really uh, mm-hmm. I'm pleased to see that United's Twitter have, have put this out there. But, he, you know, Jota has like a 15-yard head start on Osborne and he flies back and from behind, yeah. coming in coming in at the side, makes this tremendous recovery tackle, leaves, leaves Jota rolling around on the floor. He dribbles forward. It eventually gets work to uh, Endu. Does a little ball around the corner for Burke, who's who's one on one with um, Fabinho in the right back spot, and he just leaves Fabinho for dead. I mean, yeah, a tremendous bit of play. I mean, there was nothing complicated about it. it just, no, no, Gareth Bale reminded me off. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I'm I'm faster and stronger than you, mate, and I'm going past you. I mean. Fabinho is obviously yeah. playing out of position. He's a he's a midfielder, not a centre back. But yeah. you know, he's, he's one of the premier defensive midfielders in the entire world. Yeah. And yeah. Burke just made him look like a schoolboy. It was really. I mean, it's a yeah. shame he couldn't finish his shot. Was uh, his shot was blocked on the edge of the six yard box, and then of course it ricochets back off him for a goal kick. And just yeah, thought, yeah, yeah. <laughs> deserved a lot no, more no, than no, a goal I, kick. The thing with Burke is, and people will say, yeah, but he doesn't score and all this sort of stuff, and I understand that completely. But it's, again, it's too early to to write him off because people pull his goal record up and say oh, he's only scored twelve goals ever. But he played like right wing back most of last season, so I don't think you can read too much into that either. And a lot yeah. of his games for West Brom are coming on as a sub. But I've been impressed with him to be fair, especially like when he's come on as a substitute. I like him. He, uh, yeah, he offers us something that um, we don't seem to have elsewhere in the team. Um, I think it was the right change as well. You know, stretch him a little bit because obviously at that point Liverpool were pushing on a lot more. Yeah, and he, uh, you know, absolutely panicked Allison as well. He nearly, nearly nicked the ball off him, Allison. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's just surprising. I think if you look at Burke, and I, I would. Obviously, teams do do their homework. They do all their scouting and stuff like that. But I would imagine Burke is still a fairly unknown quantity to yeah. a lot of teams. I can't believe they're going down all the way down our squad list and being yeah, like, "Yeah, I don't think well, Klopp's doing a, a session on Oliver Burke." To be honest, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> he, he probably will, he will have done for the home game. I reckon that'll be it. They'll, have a, they'll have a plan specifically to combat Oliver Burke. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's you know you look at him, you're like, "How is this guy fast?" He's such a strange build, isn't he? Yeah. Like. I can't quite describe his physique. He's just—he's massive, but also really, really fast. He's like a—I yeah, think I he's faster know. than Musa, to be honest. I mean, from from a standing start, at least. He may well be, and uh, and it's a big deal that we have a player like that. I think because 
there are times where we do look a bit one-paced in attack. And as you say, that was that was a positive change, uh, yeah. Burke for Brewster. And I know he didn't do anything that directly led to a goal, an equaliser or a winner or anything like that. But yeah, having having players like that in your squad is a good thing, I think, especially when you consider the you know completely negligible cost to uh, signing him. So yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, uh, I'm coming round on that signing quite a lot the more I see of him, to be yeah. honest. And yeah, it's a shame he uh, obviously got injured against uh, with Scotland, and that kind of uh, kept him out of uh, out of the game a little bit against Fulham, yeah. as we talked about. Um, <clears throat> Salah had this goal disallowed uh, mm. for offside. I mean, I just didn't really blink at this, to be honest. I, I, I had no. an inkling. I had an inkling he was offside initially, and then you see the replay. It's like, well, yeah, that's going to get disallowed. Liverpool seem to have like realised that VAR is annoying and can actually go against your team. Like I was absolutely stunned doing the view from this week. I remember, I, was like, so I, I thought I'll do it quite early, get it, see, and I thought it was just going to be hard fought win, you know, maybe a bit of praise for us, and you know, oh, we got the three points. That's all. And it was just all about how bad VAR is. And I'm like, what? what you, I mean, I understand the penalty. I've said myself, you know, controversial penalty. Maybe I said as a Liverpool fan, yeah, I'd be shouting at it or whatever. But they were talking about that Salah goal as if like. Oh, you can't even celebrate anymore. So, yeah, welcome to the real world. <laughs> yes, you're not paying attention last season. Like, <laughs> like that wouldn't have cracked our top ten most annoying <laughs> VAR decisions last season. It was like you see that every week now. I mean, it's sort of the conspiracy. Like Alex Ferguson, he, he's in charge of VAR apparently. Or I don't know what they were trying to say. To be fair, but you know, like they were sort of saying, oh, it's because they don't want us to win the league again. It's like no, you're miles offside. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, very strange. I just. I'd, uh, I was, yeah, very surprised to see that there was such an extreme reaction to that. I was like, mm-hmm. just do you, do you just not watch any games for the last twelve months or something for any other teams? Probably even the, their own team. I'm sure they've had weird decisions like that last season. They won well. against Villa, which were really borderline. I think it was Firmino last season. I remember. I think it was mm. week before Lundstrom's offside thing. Yeah. Remember, so they must know. I don't know. Weird. Really strange. How angry they were because it was clearly offside. Very much so. Uh, they did score an actual goal that counted. Really annoyed with this because it was so soon after that because you sort of celebrate and say, got away with that, right, come on, let's regroup. Oh, no, there we go. <laughs> yeah, and this is why I was kind of feeling like, yeah, we've we've just lost our grip here for like five, yeah. ten minutes and a goal is coming, I guess. I think around this time, Salah had another one where he just sort of, yeah, it just kind of ball stuck to his foot, like dribbled to the byline, eventually gets crowded out. He's just yeah. a... He's just a disgracefully good footballer, Salah, isn't he? I mean, he is. He annoys me sometimes when I watch him as a neutral view because he just shoots from everywhere, doesn't he? <laughs> you know what mm. I, mean? just, I was like, why is he so greedy? But what, yeah, brilliant player, obviously, yeah. He really is. But yeah, this, this goal that uh, they did score, yeah, I, I get the disappointment because it's a pretty simple goal, really, isn't it? Um, Baldock and Stevens could do better here, to be honest. I think that's fair, yeah. So Mane, not under particularly tight pressure from Baldock, gets a gets across into the back post and uh, Jota is in between it's definitely Ender's man but in between Ender and Osborne and uh, yeah good header into the corner of the net keeper no chance it's about 3.49 (laughs) well yeah exactly this is it I mean he's he's, yeah he's not the biggest lad or anything like that and it's not a it's not an absurdly good cross or anything you know it's not like a fizzing one that you're everyone's out of position just the ball in yeah yeah, and you know, it's unfortunately we we seem to keep conceding headers at the moment, and most of them seem to be in Ender's vicinity. I mean, I'm going to say as a, as a scouting point of view for an opposition, especially someone like Burnley with big players and stuff. My sort of tactics would be just aim for that left hand side in the yeah. air, 
and you'll probably create a chance or get a shot. Mitrovic had loads from that side, didn't I? On uh, against for, uh, for Fulham, yeah. And then obviously, then I just, it's, oh, I think if we go down this season, as much as just as like big as the uh, strike thing, the strike forces and not scoring enough goals. I think that left hand side of defence is going to cause us problems all until at least January if we if we try and do something about it then. Yeah, we we have to find a way to solve that problem. I think. I mean, I I think for the time being. I think we just almost have to accept the trade-off, I suppose, of like Ender's just not that good in the air. But yeah. overall, we we may be better for having him there than we look than better Robinson. going forward with Ender at centre half, undoubtedly. Exactly. So that's that's your trade-off, I go. I guess you know, we there's not really an obvious candidate to come in there and be yeah. like the solution. I mean, I know we talked about Ampadu, but he's not. He's not a huge physical specimen or anything like no. that, is he? I mean, he's, he's, I think he's fine from what we've seen when he, the little bits he's played centre back so far. But you just know that goal's not going in if O'Connell's playing, don't you? You do know that, yes, unfortunately. Um, and then Stevens got booked sort of a minute after that. I almost felt like he thought, "Oh no, I've made a mistake," and then sort of lost his head for about two minutes. I don't know if you noticed this. Yeah, it was two minutes later, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I just thought he got bought. And I thought, oh no, should we take him off? He just seemed like he was mm. heading for a red card or another sort of Newcastle disaster style performance at that point. <laughs> but fair play to him. He kept his head. He got he got it back together, and he actually set up a couple of attacks, didn't he, going forward after that? So, well, this is another thing that was uh, satisfying for me was that we, you know, heads didn't drop. We kept going. We kept creating chances. Uh, you know, not good chances, but we kept having shots inside the box, which is yeah. is, is generally a a good step towards success. Basham had that one where uh, not an amazing shot or anything, but you know, forces a save from Allison. He kind of you know flaps it back into uh, into the danger area. McGoldrick comes on for Lundstrom, and he, oh, he's so close with that volley on the yeah. uh, you know where it bounces up. I think yeah. you know Allison might have had it covered, but it was it was like inches over the bar. Really good hit, and mm. yeah, he. He just looks confident at the moment, McGoldrick. Does, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, he I, does. Can, I kind of back him from pretty much any location to sort of hit the target, I suppose. Um, Salah did hit the post again. We got lucky with that one, which, you know, would obviously... I think Liverpool were better in this last 20 minutes, undoubtedly. Mm. I think they dominated possession a lot more, and I think Mane and Salah definitely came to the fore a lot more mm. in that last 20 minutes. But because you're pushing forward, you're tired, you know what I mean, and heads are down a little bit because, you you know, you've been one up and now you're two, one down, but... Like you say, the, the most the, the most impressive thing were we still had chances. We had Basham had a shot, didn't he, that were saved. Yeah. Um and... I mean not obviously not a fantastic save or anything, but you know, you just go to show that we were still attacking. That's a centre half again in the you know, going forward in their area, so Yeah. And then uh one final big moment, um, right at the death, like ninety first minute, I think. Mm. Big uh, big pump up to McBurney, who's got McGoldrick on one side, Burke on the other. He wins the header pretty comfortably. Lands to Burke. He's got a shot in the D, and he just completely mishits it over the bar. I was, I, I was up again. I, were up I thought again. that was it. I thought that was it. We're going to equalise. And uh, it's not. It's by no means an easy chance. No, no, no. Really well to score, but it's the fact it's just a total miss hit. It's like, oh. Okay. It just, I don't know the way it happened. It was almost slow motion. You think, if McBurney wins his header, oh, he has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he wins his header, it's either going to go to McGoldrick or to Burke, and one of them is yeah. going to have a shot from the edge of the box. But yeah, it's the last just... minute. He's like, oh, here we go. Oh, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think he knew it as well from his reaction, didn't he, Burke? I think he uh, he suddenly saw his name in lights and yeah. flapped it over. I mean, look, that 
I think I said to you, you know, you know, there's there's probably there may be a reason why he hasn't scored goals consistently throughout his career. You know, he's in yeah. those kind of big moments. He just doesn't have the technique for it at the moment. He's still, yeah. you know, he's still like 23 or something, and his career's been all over the place, hasn't it, in terms yeah. of consistency and stuff. So who knows? Maybe on another day, he gets a better connection and uh, and we equalise. But in a funny way, I felt good for having at least created that one final chance, mm. even if. Even if it comes from a pretty kind of rudimentary launch forward, um, I think that's everything that happened in the game. Unless there's anything else you're uh, no, I think that's covered it. There, we're quite. I mean, just going through it there, a lot happened actually, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, it was it was eventful. It could have been even more eventful with some uh, some penalty decisions, I suppose. I yeah. mean, yeah, but Bernie had one where he uh, he was kind of sent flying, which I don't think was a penalty at all. But I think yeah. in, in real time, I was like, oh, hang about, what's happened here? But I think he's. Uh, He's not good at selling fouls, McBurney. He really isn't. It was, I mean, the same as you, I thought, surely he's not gone down like that if he's not been touched. Oh, he has. <laughs> mm. Yeah, unfortunate. So it finishes 2-1, but overall I felt pretty good about it. Let's take a very quick break and we will talk about some individuals and uh, give out our alternative Man of the Match award as well. Quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch-up? Then look no further than Glistening Kicks, a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. Glistening Kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes, and midsoles a deep clean, and can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. And if you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much-worn set of favourite trainers, Glistening Kicks offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield, and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast, and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Should mention that Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans and they've recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers. Or if you have a Wednesday fan in need of cheering up, the Wednesday logo is also available. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair. Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. Plus, follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Now back to the podcast. And we're back. And uh, yeah, I want to talk about individuals because I think there's there's uh, you know lots of positives here. I, th- I think pretty much everybody played well, to be honest. Some had a bigger impact on the game than others. Um, who do you want to start with, actually? I'll start with my alternative man of the match, if you want, which is, uh, yeah. because he played well, he, he was up there anyway, but it's uh, Ampadu, because mm. not only for his display, which were really good, but the fact that we've got another option, it, it seems now anyway, in terms of midfield, we all know he can play centre-half, obviously, but we were all wondering, sort of, mm, you know, Norwood, is it going to happen for him this season? Wilder seems to fall out of favour. You know, seems to fall out of favour. Wilder, should I say, a little bit. Berger, you know, is he better on that right hand side? Are we wasting him almost there? If Ampadu carries on like that, he's he's got to be in there. I just think it's really good to have another op- option in midfield because he played like someone who could play further forward for me as well. Mm, yeah, I, I really liked what I saw from him. Um, I thought he was just he just kept things ticking over really, didn't he? You know, most of, yeah. most of his passes are kind of forward or, or moving it out to the sides. You know, it was. I don't feel he was like hugely adventurous with the ball or anything like that. But I, I think he's—you can tell he's got confidence in his own ability, mm. which I don't know if all of our players do. 
You know what I mean? You yeah. Sometimes you get... I mean, Osborne's fan, absolutely fantastic. I'm sure we'll come on to him. But at the same time, Osborne gets the ball and it's all a bit rushed, isn't it? You know what I mean? He's like, right, well, I'm going to run here. It's like a bit, like a bit of a terrier. <laughs> I always found me Ampadu. He gets the ball and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to lose this. You know, I'm just going to be quite calm. And a bit like Berger, actually. Mm. I think, yeah, the other thing with Ampadu is obviously, you know, he's only played like three Premier League games now or something. You know, it's, yeah. It's probably is. Has he started a game for us before this one? Uh, yeah, he started against Leeds, didn't he, when Egan were out. That's right, yes. Yeah. So it's only his second Premier League start of his entire career. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, what, it's, it's Anfield. And, yeah, I just thought that whole... I thought that whole midfield three just competed really well through the game, and he was a big As you said earlier, it was so much more dynamic than what we have been seeing. Mm. Yeah, very uh, very encouraging, and uh, a good shout for alternative man of the match. I'll... I'll uh, I'll jump to my nominee. The reason I've gone for alternative, sorry, the reason I've gone for alternative is purely because it's not just his performance that was fantastic. I just think we've got a player there who, who could, you know, I think feasibly play in maybe three or four positions. Yeah, good if we could play them all at once. And for a small squad which we've got, I mean, I was looking at our squad yesterday with 25, we've still got Keen Brain in it and people like this, and you're thinking, well, without being harsh, realistically, it's a bit of a waste of a number. To have someone like that who can fill in well mm. in a couple, we know now he can play centre off on midfield and putting decent displays. Yeah, that's uh, fair enough indeed. Um, my alternative man of the match is Ben Osborne. You already mentioned him. Um, mm. And I think I said, you know, I kind of, uh, I don't say bad-mouthed him, but, you know, kind of said we saw his limitations in some of these yeah. other games like uh, Arsenal way particularly, I think, and um, maybe Leeds as well. And I think he played in that one. Um, there's definitely, yeah. definitely been a few games where it's just like, I don't really want to see him as part of this midfield three. If you know, it's, it's just really uncreative. But I think, you... yeah, I think when he's playing, when when he were playing with Lundstrom and uh, Berger, uh, and it, it, Lundstrom and uh, Osborne were the main two sort of attacking midfielders. That's right. Yeah, it, it looked really weak, didn't it, in an attacking sense? It did. But I think a game like this is absolutely yeah. perfect for Ben Osborne. You know, in a game like. Uh, like that sort of run of four games they had last season, you know, like Chelsea Wolves and uh, Spurs, yeah. Burnley, I think as well. Just perfect for him, and it just shows the value of of having a player like that. Basically, who yeah. ideally, you know, you only start maybe ten times a season, something like that. But yeah. you know, you can play him in these games where you can have to do a lot of running, a lot of pressing, a lot of chasing, and he'll give mm. you, like you said earlier, like this kind of demented terrier. You know, he's never going to stop and. <laughs> All right, he was playing at left wing back instead of um, uh, instead of in midfield, but you know it was ostensibly in midfield, wasn't he? He kind of tucked in yeah. quite a bit with Ender going outside of him. I thought he had a, a really, really good game. It was about as um, you know a, about as good as he could have performed. I think to be honest, yeah, I agree. So um, yeah, good. have we seen him there? Has he started for us there in the Premier League? Not in the league, I don't think. I've seen him a couple of times in the cups and didn't look great. But That's interesting because. Oh, based purely on that performance, it looks made for him, doesn't it? That left-hand side role, getting up and down and stuff like that. And mm. he's, although he's not the, the best on the ball, he's still comfortable on the ball. You know, he's still someone who can <laughs> who could pick a pass out or whatever and, and run with the ball and stuff. Mm. So, really impressed with him. Yeah, I think he's got to play against City. Well, I was about to say it'd be interesting to see what we do there because uh, yeah, the next two games are kind of you, th- you would figure are set up for. Uh, a, a similar requirement from that position, but at the same mm. time, uh, Lowe probably offers more going forward if he's back to fitness. So yeah, it'd be interested yeah. to see what he does. But yeah, certainly no arguments from me if Osborne keeps his place in those two games, certainly. Um, 
Moving on to some other ones. Talk about Johnny again, man. I just thought absolutely immense in this game. It was like a, you know, it was as close to a 10 out of 10 game. I think it's up there in the, uh, you know, sit that one on the shelf alongside like Everton away last season. I thought, am I am I mm. overplaying how good he was? I don't think it, don't think it was quite Everton based on me being really picky and he got done by Salah when he hit the post and that is it really, which I don't think happened against Everton. I don't think he made a single sort of error against Everton. But yeah, fantastic. Back to his best again. I think um, while Ever O'Connell's out, we need him to be not just sort of the the leader at the back, but he's the he's the aerial dominant one, which mm. he won everything in that sort of sense. He, he's playing like a captain, isn't he? To be fair, yeah, very true. Well, I think the thing that elevates this performance as well as his defending is his use of the ball. I mean, yeah, it's kind yeah. of like whoa, where did he get this? You know, these <laughs> these uh, inch perfect sort of fifty yard passes right onto Baldock's instep. I mean. They were all going the same direction, by the way. Look at his pass map, and it's just like it's all lead, leaning to the right. But I mean, you know, he did this four or five times, like absolutely tremendous passes. And yeah, yeah. as we said, uh, you know, in the first half, green shirt. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, the uh, the look of the Irish shirt, which is playing green every week. But yeah, I just thought it was tremendous. Couple of goal saving uh, interventions, and you know, even even right at the end, even got in his uh, fall over and make a recovery tackle anyway move from uh, yeah. from Liverpool last season. So, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let, let's not underestimate the players they were up against as well. It's probably the best attack in the world. It's got to be in the conversation. I mean, it's certainly the best in the Premier League, surely. I mean, yeah. who else yeah. we I think it is the best in the world. I, think, I don't think Real or anything like they used to be in that. Uh, I'd take Liverpool's attack above theirs anyway. And obviously Barcelona... Are they, are they as good as were when Suarez were on fire with Messi? Probably not. Bold shout, but I like it. Um, <laughs> I think we've got a, a weekly reminder that Sander Berger is extremely good at football. Like, just... <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, you know that Patrick Bateman gif where he sort of does the, like, pursed lips of, like, appreciation <laughs> thing? I think I, was doing, yeah. I think I was doing that, like, four or five times during the game. It's something he did. I mean, just simple things, you know, just... I, I just love watching uh, other Premier League footballers trying to like catch up with him and knock him off the ball. I think yeah. I think uh, Minamino comes on and he tries to get round and it's like it's just not happening, mate. You just just give that one up right I'm now. I'm gonna love a negative in here. I'm gonna love oh, a slight negative in here. I do think it's absolutely knackered in the last ten minutes of games. Yeah, that's uh, that's a fair shout. Um, and he's obviously still. Played a lot of minutes, obviously, for Norway, yeah. didn't he? Um, I don't think he's unfit or anything. He, you know, he's, he glides around and stuff like that. But I think he is. I noticed that he went back to sort of the holding role almost mm. when McGoldrick came on. He dropped a little bit deeper. I wonder if that were to conserve his energy more than anything else rather than that sort of lung-busting, you know, box-to-box sort of thing. Interesting, yeah. There's a, a couple of moments I thought he could have just, particularly in the first half, just used it a little better on the edge of the box. Like, Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember. I think he he sort of went to go round a defender, and I'm thinking, and then he went to sort of move it on, and I was thinking, just shoot, like, you know, you, you've earned the right I to definitely prefer him. definitely prefer him in that further forward position. Yeah, I mean, he's... I, I just want him to have the ball in, in sort of dangerous zones on the pitch as much yeah. as possible, basically, because yeah. I think he generally uses it really, really well. Um, there was one, like, outside of the foot pass, just sort of round the corner, like, just 
I don't know, just almost like bypass these two defenders. Just, you know, nothing hugely complicated in what the outcome was. It was just like getting out to Bulldog on the wing, but I just, it made me do that. That's what he does yeah. really well. He, he's so simple, like, where he looks simple. He makes it look effort, effortless, like, effortless, so to say. But, um, yeah, but he just, he, that, that's just the way he plays. He's just sort of so calm and just glides around and, yeah, getting better and better, I think. Yeah, love it. Um, McBurney, obviously missed a chance. Mm. I'm sure we'll get some... Uh, more pretty much undeserved pelters. I think, you know, we were uh, <laughs> quite harsh last week, I think, you know, harsh but fair, I'd say, you know, a criticism of him. Yeah. Just, just in, in terms of, like, you know, everything you do is good apart from we actually do need you to kick it in the ball, in the net, or head it in the <laughs> net every now and again. I saw someone, I saw someone uh, post, I think it was on Facebook, what McBurney needs to do is uh, learn how to score. I was like, yeah, cheers, mate. And I'm sure he's never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, that's good advice, I guess. That would, that would definitely help our cause. But yeah, I just, I thought his all-round contribution was just absolutely vital. I think, I think this game is much more like Arsenal away or Liverpool last season if we didn't have him because I just didn't think mm. Liverpool could handle him at all. If they had Van Dijk, they would... Probably, you know, I think he would have just had a miserable evening. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, they couldn't deal with him at all. He was, you know, brilliant in the air. But also, I thought we used the ball into his feet much more as well, which than we have been doing yeah. recently. And just he, he just played, you know, the McGoldrick role, if you like, dropping off much more uh, effectively. Does he start against City with City's sort of defensive frailties as well? Yeah, I think so. To be honest, I think yeah, they're. Yeah. Their central defence is is not their strongest area, I don't think. So no. I'd go with that for sure. Um, yeah, I just thought it was like I say. I think it's just uh, it's a much more one sided game if he doesn't play. And I get that you want your striker to score goals, but um, he gave us a foothold, I think, which I don't see how mm. anyone else in our squad could have done that. Um, yeah. And yeah, had the joint most chances created with uh, with Berger as well. So it was a good effort by him. We just need him to uh, stick one away, I suppose. It's yeah, it's curious how we use McBurney because you know there's this thing of like, well, he's not a target man, but we seem to use him as a target man. I think, I think part of it comes down to the fact we never take goal kicks short, so it gets more usage mm. in the air than like some other players That's, do. Yeah. Just do that. Um, but he's won more aerial duels than any other player in the Premier League so far, despite playing a mm. hundred minutes less than the next three most uh, next three players on that list and. Yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because you wouldn't... I don't think that we are p- playing a particularly long ball direct way. I mean... I think you've got it spot on with the goal kicks. I think a lot of it is... The, I don't I don't see many other Premier League teams booting it straight up. I say booting it. I, don't, I, I said that in a sort of disparaging way, which I didn't mean, because I, I don't think we've got the players to do, you know, the passing out like Man City do and stuff like that. I think it's the right thing to try and aim it for McBurney mm. to try and win it and then try and win the second ball. But I don't think it necessarily means we're a long ball team. I just think we're playing to our strengths. And, yeah, I think it, it can be a re- – oh, he's so frustrating, McBurney, because he can be such a handful. Mm. Then other days he just looks, looks like he's like so weak and slow and stuff. But <laughs> absolutely phenomenal, I thought, all-round play in this game. Obviously, I'm not going to talk about his chance that he missed anymore because we know he should score. We know he's missed some easy chances, but – I think that's an all-round performance up there with McGoldrick last season when he was missing chances. Yeah, I think if he if he does score that or another one, I think we're probably talking about that as like a nine or ten out of ten performance, aren't we? Because I think everything. Yeah, possibly his best he's ever played for us. <laughs> yeah, everything else was there, and 
you know, I, I totally get the counter arguments of like, well, we need a striker to score goals. Like, mm-hmm. we're not scoring enough goals, and if we don't score more goals, we're not going to stay up in all likelihood. But at the same time, like, it, it will be hard for us unless we have players who contribute in other ways in the way that he is doing. So, yeah, you see, I've, I've heard people say, oh, we should put Billy Sharp on because he'd have scored that chance from Bernie. And the argument against that for me is that would we get into those positions if Billy Sharp plays? It's not as simple as let's put Billy Sharp in McBurney's body and, he, and he's going to be in that same position. <laughs> what McBurney offers all round is definitely more than Sharp. Sharp's a better goal scorer and no one's going to deny that. You know, mm. Sharp probably scores that goal yeah, and Peru puts him on his play. But as an all-round game, I don't think we get anywhere near as much joy with Sharp on the pitch than McBurney. It's a tough one, though. It is a tricky one. Yeah, indeed. It's, I don't really know where I'm going with this. I just find it... Um... I find it curious how we use McBurney because I, I would is I think he's much more than a target, you know, much more than an Andy he Carroll, is. for example. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet he is basically as good at you know winning headers as Andy Carroll is. Yeah. And uh, and and you know, and occasionally we do kind of lean into that a little bit, but I do think yeah, some of it is just you know, occasionally we have to hit it long because otherwise we're going to lose the ball or it's a goal kick, and that's what we do is we try and get it forward essentially, but. Yeah, I um, you know, I, I just think yeah, it, all that's missing from his game is goals at the moment. But we're still talking pretty small sample size, aren't we? In terms of how many yeah, how many yeah, minutes he's played, how many minutes has he played? What do you reckon? Like, do you say do you say one hundred? Uh, three thirty six at the moment. Oh, yeah. So way off. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that? It's four games basically, isn't it? Four yeah. full games. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. He's not exactly had chance after chance, and no. I think we're just we're just at that stage as fans, I guess, where every shot now that he has that doesn't go in is going to be like magnified. Um, mm. So yeah, hopefully one was bouncing off his nose or something in the next game. Yeah, about knee goes in, boom. Yeah, and and we'll be off. Um, any other individuals you want to mention? I could mention them all, to be honest. Mm. I think uh, I don't think anyone below a six out of ten. I think the. I don't think Stevens were a weak point or anything. I just think he should have done better with that goal. I think the weakest outfield player was Brewster. Um, I don't because I don't think he offered anything. And Lundstrom, he did all right after that ridiculous challenge. So we're getting a bit worried actually. But yeah. he sort of faded as well. I think there's still limitations to be there. I, you know, I, I would like to see. I mean, I'm, I can't wait for Fleck to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that will uh, open up a lot. When I mean, it's it is crazy when you think of like how important those three are in it. O'Connell. Yeah. It's not news to anyone. O'Connell, Fleck and um, Moose. I mean, I just, it, I don't want to keep bleating on about it, but it is just, it's a big deal to our team. Yeah, it really, it? really is. Yeah. And I think if you put Fleck in that team instead of Lundstrom, I'm not having to go at Lundstrom for no reason. I just think out of the three midfielders, he were the least impressive. Mm. If you've got an on-form Lundstrom in that midfield, uh, sorry, an on-form Fleck. Fleck in that midfield instead of Lundstrom, that, that, that game could get turned to a draw. It could. Yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, a a good a good performance all round. I felt uh, I felt good after it. To be honest, it's kind of a shame that we have. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. Let me put this to you: Are you are you all right with us playing City and Chelsea next, or would you be like you, you would rather we were going into say I don't know Brighton and West Ham or something like that? I'd rather have Brighton and West Ham simply because of the position we're in. I don't mind playing these three games in a row and sort of I'm not sort of writing them off or anything like that but you know sort of no pressure on us to pick up points but with the position we're in I would like a game where you're thinking we could get three points here but then again we could have a, the Fulham gift weren't it really for three points and we and we blew that so yeah indeed I think I'm alright with it like 
while while we're still feeling our way into form, I guess. I feel better for this. I mean, I thought we were going to lose three or four, to be honest, mm. against Liverpool. Then you're carrying that onto the City game. I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion now that we lose. I don't think we'll beat City or get anything, but it's it's. I think our ch- chances are slightly more up in my mind, anyway. That's what I like to hear. I feel yeah. I feel like the blueprints there to get you know get something out of these games. Are, are, you know, odds on that we won't, obviously. But uh, yeah, I thought that was. A good showing against the you know champions of England and Europe and uh, and the rest the universe. So um, <laughs> yes, good effort. Um, I I asked for some uh, alternative man of the match nominations on Twitter and had some good ones. Lots of uh, lots of people said the um, pay per view boycott and uh, yes. donations to food banks instead. Instead and um, yeah. yeah, Liverpool fans raised over a hundred k. Amazing effort. Fantastic. They, I mean, I didn't include them all in the view things. I thought it'd be quite boring in the pre-match view from. But there are a lot of talk about you know they're not paying it and and they were setting up charities and different charities as well. To be fair, mm. uh, and putting the money there. So fair play to them. Yeah, to Arsenal have done the same. I saw. So um, yeah, yeah. So it's good to see. Uh, Flat cap on Twitter says uh, Bulldog nomination for once again getting irate with a player but consistently avoiding a red. It's great to see. He, he crunched into a few tackles, didn't he? I, he did. I, I, I hadn't heard well to, well to say that, but um, completely agree. It's, it's what yeah. you want to see, and it just yes. towing that line, George Baldwin. The angry Greek. <laughs> yeah. uh, David Wilkinson, he gets a little bit graphic and says, whoever made Alison Becker's pants only uh, because they didn't, they didn't show any obvious signs of distress when uh, Burke appeared out of nowhere to take the ball away from him. <laughs> just... I thought that was a penalty as well in real time. I thought he'd got there first, yeah, yeah, Burke, yeah. but uh, no, Becker. Uh, Allison had uh, cleared it himself. Um, Steve, let me see if I can bring this up. Steve Marsden says uh, Klopp for his eloquent love letter about Chris Wilder mm. in the program. Have you seen this? Yeah, I have. Yeah, um, he starts talking about how impressive he is and what a how- guy Chris is, and what a football manager. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's saying that we've uh, performances have not got the results we deserve, and yeah, how we're, how we're getting quite emotional reading it. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he he has a lot of love for us, old Klopp, which is why yeah. the, the next game. Wait till Jose comes up. Ooh. Oh yeah, Look at him in the Spurs program now. Wow, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Ian Burton says uh, Astro Super Sport Three. I have no idea what you're talking about, Ian. I, I cannot imagine <laughs> what that could possibly be, but good, good uh, nomination. As I said to you, it's the first time I've heard Andy Townsend for about three years. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not a bad thing, I don't think. Um, <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's finish off with uh, who won the week in the Premier League. Who've uh, who've you got? <sighs> I've gone for Steve Bruce. I just don't know how they do it. <laughs> I do not know. I, I was fuming yesterday. I was watching Newcastle Wolves, and I thought. They're not going to score goals. They're not going to. They're like, oh, finally, justice is done. You know, mm. Newcastle had like seven players in the box at all time, and Wolves having shot after shot after shot just can't score. Newcastle not even bothering to attack. And you're thinking, here we go, another nil nil for Newcastle. Then they finally score, and you're like, hey, justice is done. And then they like one in immediately after, from, and you're like, how are Newcastle doing it? I just don't know what they're doing. I have I, no idea. I can't honestly try. Like. I, Logically, it makes no sense how they've got any points to make. <laughs> I know, and I could have said the same last season as well. They, yeah. yeah, they're one of the. They face more shots than any other team in the league. Um, they take uh, like I think it's the third least amount of shots or something like that. Let me just bring that up. Uh, where are they on this list? 
my brain's gone it's not ordering things properly so we'll just <laughs> we'll just move on from that yeah actually you know the second lowest amount of shots per game they're taking as well and uh, it's just it's just incredible how these i mean they're on well, how many points they're on eight seven seven or eight i think it's eight you know i feel like they've won two and maybe got two draws as well I've not seen. I've seen Newcastle play well in two two seasons. That were against us when they battered us three and That's it. So annoying. I, I just, I, I just can't. I'm not being like sort of bitter or angry with Newcastle because I know Newcastle fans are saying the same. Kieran Day before the match said Newcastle one of the most boring teams in the country, and I went on Twitter and I thought, oh, Newcastle fans were kicking off. And they're all like, yeah, agree. Well, <laughs> <laughs> agree with it. They all, it's just, it's, it's. Oh, that is worn out football as well. What they play, so it's worn out football with the odd really really good player you know like mm. set maximum and stuff like that scattered about i just think it's oh, it's just it's just unfair that they're all that they're picking up points in every game that they play because they're just really 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 bad at football yeah they're on pace for about 50 points at the moment i think it, uh, I, I mean you know they, do, they must be doing something that i've not seen but i i, I I just, it just don't, oh, I don't know. You, I mean, you said it Words to me last night. Like, it should be, uh, you know, there should be like academic papers published looking into. Yeah, I, I really you... do. I think they should stop messing about with this coronavirus vaccine <laughs> stuff and start concentrating on how Steve Bruce getting this Newcastle team point. Yeah, because <laughs> everything we know about football, they're rejecting. It's like shots, eh, shots are overrated. Defending, meh, who cares? <laughs> yeah, not bothered. They've even lost that amazing goalkeeper, and they, and they're still picking up results. He's making mistakes, and they're still getting draws. Uh, it's enough, <laughs> enough to make you want to cry, isn't it? Um, I, honestly, I was fuming. Not fuming, just sort of bemused. You know, like when something don't make sense. Like you just uh, no, this is just driving me insane. No, it's just me, me all last season with Newcastle. So I'm, I'm trying. I'm just going to try not to engage with them this year. I think, like yeah. apart from in our two games with them. Um, a few things, I guess. Uh, I think normality. Another good week for normality. There was there was yes. no weird scores this weekend. There was boring games. Oh, That's what we like to beautiful. see. Beautiful. A one-one here. A two-nil <laughs> there. Get in. It did. Yeah. It did remind me of um, immediately after Project Restart. Do you remember for like mm. two weeks? It was just terrible. Like all the games were awful. Yeah. And it's so weird that we come back and start this season. Um, and everything's absolutely insane. But yeah, it was. It felt like normal results this weekend. You know, a couple of surprises. Maybe I guess you could say Leicester winning at Arsenal is a little bit of a yeah, surprise. But yeah. generally, I think most things went to the form book. And it's interesting. I guess the the Manu Chelsea game. Sorry, the Manu Chelsea game. One of the most boring matches I've ever seen in my entire life. I was just about to bring that up as an example of this. To be honest, of teams kind of overcorrecting. I guess because that was. I mean, I was. Uh, I eventually gave up and uh, went and put the baby to bed instead. It was much more entertaining. Um, <laughs> yeah. But those two the teams... only good thing about it was Harry Maguire's headlock. <laughs> Which somehow went unpunished. Unbelievable, uh, honestly. And Gary Neville's like, I think he's leaning into him a bit. He's not Gary. <laughs> no, I think there's, there's probably a, uh, a joke you can make about Harry Maguire and headlocks from his uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll steer away from that one. Um, I guess my my proper nomination for this is is the teams at the bottom won the week in the Premier League because we're all as bad as each other it seems like yeah. um, you know we have won what, excuse me we have taken one point out of a possible 18 and yet we're a win away from 16th as it stands and our goal difference would actually I believe yeah come, uh, yeah. If we, if we win a game it would actually bump us up to 16th and we'd be a place behind Manchester United as it sits <laughs> um, 
They've obviously got games in hand, aren't they, these, these guys, though, tonight? Yeah, Burnley play Spurs tonight. Who do West Brom play? Uh, West Brom Brighton, so... Oh, West Brom Brighton, OK, so somebody's going to move up a little bit. But... Six-point, I, I think Brighton will be fine, to be honest, but... Yeah, yeah, I, ju- I just feel like... I don't know, I feel like we should be much further adrift, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. with this start than we actually are, whereas... You know, say we get through these next two games with zero, with zero points from them, and then we just happen to rattle off two wins in a row or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think suddenly that would actually take us out of the relegation zone. Just well, this is what I was saying. I mean, with the one point thing, and let's say we're going to have one point after eight games, which is what I predicted, and probably Barcel would, to be fair. You know, if these results carry, I mean, I think Fulham's got West Brom next week, so one of them's going to have to. I mean, hopefully a draw would be fantastic, but you know, it's not. Beyond the possibility that we're going to be like maybe a point off safety, and we've got one point after eight games. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's. I would say that's probably about as likely as the fact that we will have one point from eight games. To be honest, just it's, yeah, it's not yeah. even uh, remotely out of the question. So, yeah, I mean, Burnley have got a game in hand. In fairness to them, yeah. aren't they? Because they started late. So, and I, I still think Burnley will be all right, mate. To be honest, I, I don't. They've got enough about. Imagine looking at their fixtures now. They've got Chelsea. They've got Tottenham at home, then Chelsea at home, and then Brighton away. I can't do yeah. it. I just can't do it with Burnley. It, no. All signs every season point to them being in relegation trouble. They're always an odd uh, a bookmaker's favourite for relegation. Yeah. And you look at this season with the shortened preseason. They signed next to no one, and you just yep. think like it's a shoe in. It's a lock. Like this is the year. This is the one they fall out of the trapdoor, and I'm. I'm just not ready to do it. Maybe maybe when we played 37 games and they've got 21 points or something, maybe I'll yeah. think about it, but not right now. So tonight, I mean, obviously, it's, it's way, way too early. I argue with someone on a S2 forum who says we're in a mini-league, and I'm like, no, it's way too early, but let, let's just like go on the uh, notion that we are. I suppose we're hoping for a Brighton win tonight, then, and a, and a Tottenham win. Yeah, I'll tell you that. Brighton and uh, Brighton West Brom draw would be okay. But uh, yeah. but yeah, this is my point. The teams at the bottom, they're all uh, they're all winners in their own way because there's a clutch of us that are like almost historically inept at the moment. So yeah. nobody's getting uh, cut adrift. Even somebody Fulham. put something up with the worst starts in Premier League history uh, on the S2 form. I, I, it took me ages to find it, but basically we're up there. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, we're like us and Fulham are both up there. We're only having one point. Uh, West Brom only got one point. They've got two. Two points. They drew with two points. Aren't they? Yeah, Chelsea of course and Burnley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and we're, we're up there, but we're not even bottom. It's mad. Indeed. How many teams have conceded fewer goals than us? One, two, three. Uh, what's that? Seven teams, I think. Yeah. So we've still got one of the better defenses in the league, and goals conceded. Yeah. Weirdly. I mean, minus six goal difference with one point is not horrendous, is it? Really? <laughs> it's not really. No. Um, I mean, I've got to mention this just to finish off. I'm, I'm not quite eloquent enough to talk about it at great length, but I think the uh, the real winner of the week in the Premier League is, of course, Marcus Rashford. Yeah. Just. Uh, I thought you'd bring him up, which is why I didn't. I'd like to caveat. I ain't forgot about that. Fair <laughs> so yeah. I thought I'd Steve Bruce instead. <laughs> Very similar people. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. He's um, not going out of school dinner, is he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marcus Rashford, I mean, just a, an extraordinary young man doing extraordinary things. So uh, top work by you. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about here. But if you're not, just go and check out his Twitter feed because, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty amazing stuff at a time when uh, a lot of people need some amazing things to go for them I suppose so um, mm. yeah good job Marcus love it um, right the full match Brom game by the way is uh, on a Monday night after we beat C- after we beat City C- <laughs> so if we beat City C- 
uh, on the off chance. Massive pressure on those two guys after that. Who's, which one's that, sorry? Uh, Fulham West Brom next Monday. I feel like they've already played, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> then, then Fulham's got West Ham away. Fulham seems to have got a pretty easy run, but, oh, they're going to a bad one in a bit where they've got City and Liverpool and all that we did, so... Mm. And they're not picking up points at the moment, so... No. Yeah, it's. Uh, should have beaten. I was so frustrated when we lost the Palace because I was like, "These are rubbish." <laughs> they are rubbish, and we should have put them to the sword last week. And yeah. I stand by that result being immensely frustrating. But fortunately, some uh, more positive feelings after this defeat to Liverpool. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm still like, I'm still, you know, I think the next two podcasts that was probably going to be the same story, aren't we? Have, uh, yeah. we've, we've only got one point. It'll be a major surprise and a an incredibly good result if we do anything otherwise but I feel uh, I feel more upbeat mate than I did definitely uh, at any and point I think so the, far the, the best thing we could have hoped for in these games obviously you can hope for a, a result a, a shot result but the main thing is the performance levels you're looking at aren't you to yep. give us a, I didn't want to get hammered 4-0 4-0 4-0 in there I mean we could still obviously in the next two I didn't want to because I think that just not only does it knock your goal difference up but you're straight away like it's just demoralising I think Surely they're going into training today or whenever they go back into training and say, come on, you know what I mean? We can build on that. Yeah, I feel like uh, for possibly the first time this season, we've got players where it's like um, they've made a case to start ahead of someone yeah. else. Like we've got, I feel like we've got selection issues in terms of like, well, hang on, maybe he should be playing ahead of him because... He looked really good in this game, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to like, well, he was terrible. We need to. Uh... <laughs> Wilder said the same. I don't know if you heard Wilder. He said exactly what you've just said. Basically, he said no, that um, something along the lines of, you know, people are playing themselves out of the team rather than playing themselves in the team, right? Uh, and which is which is what you've just basically said yourself there. You know, Norwood's second half performance possibly played him out of the team this week, and then you've got. <laughs> Uh, Jack Robinson playing himself out of the team rather than play, people playing themselves in, you know. So yeah, so yeah, definitely. I think we definitely saw the inverse of that because, as, as we kind of said in the last hour or so, you know, now it's like, well, Osborne should probably stay there at left wing back because he did really well. Like, yeah. But but equally, you know, Lowe was first choice for that position, if you like, uh, yeah. last week. So maybe that'll flip around. Ampadu, yeah, it looks Ampadu's like Ampadu's uh, got to start for me in that position again. I mean, obviously, can't play against Chelsea, but. Oh yeah, you can't, can you? But uh, yeah, I guess we will. Uh, we will get to that. Um, let's wrap up there, mate. Anything else you want to say, or uh, do you want to plug the view from Liverpool or Liverpool? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was quite an interesting one. It was just sort of toys out of the pram time. It, sort of, Liverpool fans were really good last year. They've got a bad reputation, Liverpool fans. I feel like online and stuff. But last year they were really fair and really thought. And then they've sort of resorted to what you imagine <laughs> they would have been like. We had a little bit mardy. Bit big clubbish, you know. So, yeah. um, sort of thinking everyone's against them, but they didn't. They don't really. They don't really mention us at all. To be completely honest, it's all about how bad VAR is. Very, very strange. Like, in particular, what I thought was even stranger is like you know they are a a team that attacks a lot. So there's going to be a lot of. Yeah. In theory, there'll be a lot of disallowed goals for you know brushing somebody's arm or yeah. somebody's. I always try because obviously Liverpool got loads of forums and I always try and get a mixed view and I went on three different forums and they were all the same sort of same theme well lads you ain't seen nothing yet yeah. <laughs> you think that's wow. bad wait till next week wait, wait till they get a disallowed goal against Man United <laughs> <laughs> yeah that will be carnage uh, where, where would people go to check that out mate it's roysviewfrom.com or at Panchero on Twitter good man uh, <laughs> and yeah let's finish there we've got uh, Man City next it is back on uh, 
well, I was going to say, it's not free to air at all, is it? Because you have to actually pay for Sky to get it. Chelsea's but... on Sky, isn't it, I think? Real Sky. Uh, I thought they both were. I don't know, is it? I don't... Let me have a look. Uh... Pretty sure I saw an advert for us. Hang on, let me bring this Just up. Just give me two seconds. Yeah, we're, gonna... excuse me, we're on BT Sport at lunchtime. Ah, is that what it is? Right. Yeah. On that's Halloween. It. Spooky. And then, right, uh, okay. yeah, Chelsea is on Sky. So, um... yeah, that's, yeah, and then hopefully they've got rid of this ridiculous decision by... I mean, we've got a couple of games next month, haven't we, as well on? Yeah, that's right. So they've announced... Uh, yeah, because I thought the this pay-per-view thing was like just till the end of October, but now they've obviously announced the November games as well, so maybe they're just... <coughs> excuse me. Intending for it to be indefinite, I suppose. But we'll see if, yeah. the, uh, see if the backlash continues and anyone out there who's uh, donating to a charity instead... Good on you, because... Uh... And anyone's paying for it, stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of my mates paid for it, actually. He's just like, oh, it's easy. And it's like, no, you're going into the system, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. All right, mate, let's uh, let's finish there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll be back, uh, I guess, this time next week, talking about uh, that Man City game and hopefully a performance in line with this one. Because mm. I think if we play like this in most of our games, we will be in... Uh, We'll probably get more than one point for the rest of the season. Would yeah. would be my uh, my bold guess at this stage. <laughs> um, nice one, right, mate? We'll uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much as always for your time. I'll uh, thank talk- you, mate. Cheers. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks as always to you for downloading and listening as well. And finally, thank you to another of our sponsors at BlazePod, and that is Beer Fifty Two. As you know, the start of the new football season is here. And what better way to celebrate and watch the match than with some of the best beer on the planet. Beer 52 have the perfect beer for any occasion and they are offering eight free craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries around the world. All you need to do is go to beer52.com slash bladespod, cover just the $5.95 for the postage and they will send you a case of eight free beers. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Over 150,000 members they send a brand new case to every single month. Each month's case has a different theme and as an independent British company, Beer 52 are passionate about the UK craft beer scene, which they continue to support during this difficult period. If dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose a light option, plus your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment and a tasty snack. Don't worry though, if you do change your mind, uh, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to beer52.com slash blazepod to get your first case of eight beers for $5.95. That's the word beer, then the number's 52.com slash blazepod.